Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Julie, good morning. I just wonder what the biggest offense here is. <laughs> well, good morning, Dawn. First thing, you know, I think after the pandemic, a lot of us came back feral or semi-feral. <laughs> and, you know, and even when it comes to when you look at what employers are, what employers are dealing with, it's really not knowing what appropriate behavior is in the workplace. And so you've got those of us who've been in the workplace who actually used to know this, but then have been at home for so long that we've slid back. But we also have a younger generation now who is, has never really been in a workplace. And when you think about those of us who are older, how we learned some of the things we learned, it's because we were in a workplace and we learned it by observing those around us, what they did, what they didn't mm-hmm. do. And so some of these younger people are coming into, some of them finished college at home and they maybe did their onboarding at home and they started their job at this company at home. And now all of a sudden they're asked to come into a workplace and know how to behave. And, you know, in in their defense, if we can remember back before the pandemic, when we all were in an office, there were people who were we we had some of the same complaints but i do think it's it's been it's gone down a notch and so what what are employee what are employers dealing with and managers dealing with because i imagine there are multiple fronts here in other words you might yeah. have some co some coworkers complaining about another coworker isn't wearing deodorant or is wearing pajamas or inappropriate clothing maybe it shows too much or that sort of thing. So you have that employee-to-employee thing. But then, as well, the other issues of people coming in, making a mess. So some of it is, yes, just etiquette. Other things are an HR nightmare, I would imagine. This is a big issue because some some employees are going to leave. (laughs) They are. And, you know, there is so when you look at what's going on right now, it's really like we're watching the sausage being made. Because we are transitioning from the workplace of old to what will be the workplace of new. And anytime there's a change, there's struggle. People try to hold on to what was, and there's, there's disagreement about what's acceptable. And so, I mean, we could go all day on this. But when we talk about boundaries, when we talk about what's acceptable and what's unacceptable, you know, there's things like people talk about their salaries now. Companies are getting on board with salary transparency. I believe the state of Pennsylvania was one of the first ones to lead the way 
in salary transparency for government jobs. Mm-hmm. We are yes. also, there are fewer barriers around talking about mental wellness at work. So there are some barriers that I think are positive. But when you start talking about appropriate behavior, and it's not just where it really starts to really affect the company and the results is when that inappropriate behavior is seen in interacting with clients, customers, and potential customers. So as an example, you come in on Monday and you talk about how drunk you got all weekend and you're still wearing you're still wearing the clothes that you had all, all weekend or some <laughs> version of that. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, well, Fred, young Fred over there has great potential. However, he's not yet matured enough to learn how to exercise proper judgment. What are the things, and I always say it's my favorite word at work, it's the J word. When you are exhibiting good judgment, when you're aware of those people around you and how your behavior and how everything you do affects them, and that goes from, as I said, outside the workplace to how you represent your company when you're out at lunch, how you, you, know, how you show up in the world. Companies have a right to care about that. You know, we can argue all day long about, well, it should only matter the job I do. Well, okay, in fantasy land, maybe that's true. But there are a lot of facets that go into your performance as well as your long-term potential and promotability. And employers are discovering that some of these basic things weren't taught at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you been on an airplane lately? <laughs> and they're bringing them into the workplace. And now all of a sudden, it becomes the company's problem. Yes. You know, and you think about as well, you know, the collaboration. So they want people to come back to work. I know just this fall, Comcast has finally gotten their, you know, eight plus thousand workers to agree. They had to negotiate with people to a four day yeah. work week. And so everybody's, you know, they're, they're leading up to in September, everybody's back four days a week. And there are some on an individual basis who can still have hybrid. And that's still going on. So you want to collaborate. You want to all come together. How do you incentivize people to, as Austin Powers would say, behave, baby? Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to wrap it in something they care about. I think the only thing that is an incentive for any of us is a you know, if I care about progressing through this organization, mm-hmm. if I care about having great customer relationships, if I care about growing my career, then I'm more likely to follow the company line. The problem is we've got some real generational struggles going on and we have a fight or going on between those of us who grew up in an office environment five days a week. And believe me, I do not believe that was ideal. I think that led to a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And we had, then we had the pandemic, which let all generations see the other side, including boomers who went, ooh, I like that. <laughs> so now we've, got, we've gone from a top-down, I'll tell you what to do, when and where to do it, what to wear, how to act. And, and a lot of the leaders that are in organizations, they were very much used to you, I, do what I say or leave. The problem is the younger generations are going, okay, I'll leave. And they have more options these days. They can do a series of side hustles. They can start something up. They can do something that's technology-based. They can consult. Where we didn't have those options, they're less willing to put up with conditions 
that aren't acceptable than the older generations are, which is why leaders in older generations are so bumfuzzled, to mm-hmm. use a technical term here, <laughs> um, because they don't, they're, so what they started to do, when you talk about what gets people back in the office, I'll tell you what doesn't get people back in the office, taco truck on Tuesday, you know, the, the things that aren't seen as connected to culture and collaboration, just putting a bunch of people in four walls doesn't lead to collaboration and culture. And when leaders start to pay attention to what the people are saying and what the people want, which frankly they aren't right now, it's so interesting if they would start to ask people mm-hmm. what would be of value to you. There are some companies that are doing like Culture Tuesdays, Culture Tuesday and Wednesdays, but they put things on those days that people care about. Now, what is your what do your people care about? I don't know. You need to ask them. Yeah. But they care about things that help them grow, develop, learn, connect in meaningful ways, not just, you know, a winemaking class or whatever. Yes. And this is the problem. This is, in my opinion, the biggest problem I'm seeing is that organizations aren't asking. They're still operating from a top-down, I'll tell you what to do um, philosophy versus let's all work together and considering the fact that you might have some good ideas on how to do this. Mm-hmm. They're not asking. And this generation is not afraid. Like we, what's so interesting, Dawn, is that some of the things that this generation we're hearing people really care about is things we all care about, but are things we all care about. But older people, we didn't, we didn't dare push for it or raise our hands because we wanted to keep our job. Yeah. Now, that- it's, it's a different world now. Yeah, and I think of, you know, the companies that do, because uh, during the pandemic, uh, what what sold? Pajama pants. Now you see people in public wearing pajama pants everywhere as if they're regular lounge pants. And then Crocs made a huge comeback, comfort wear. Yeah. So depending on where you work, you know, if you have a sales staff, and like you're saying, they might go to to do a cold call in sales and if the owner of a company, especially depending on their generation, may see a salesperson walking in with Crocs and pajama pants, it's over before the sales pitch it's ever over. begins. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to think about, you have to think about someone besides or something besides what makes you comfortable. Where am I going? Is the person I'm meeting with a potential customer, are they of a different generation? Do they have different expectations for people who show up in their office? And so I do think there's world, I think there is room for more ways of being in the world, but not without, with not without combined good judgment. And that's what companies are trying to instill. They're saying, you know, when we go with, you know, when you go see a customer, here's why it matters. And here's what we expect. And you can't be afraid to send people home. You can't be afraid to say that's inappropriate in our environment. Now, if you have a marketing agency, that's very different than if you have a bank or financial services company. So it's culture dependent also depending on what industry you're in and what those expectations are. But as an individual, it's up to you to figure out what those expectations are and meet them. Mm -hmm. Do you find... And I don't know if there are differences with... Because my kids for grade school went to... Um, private Catholic schools. And so the uniform, you wear a collared shirt and that sort of thing. And so, in, and even now in high school, they have to wear a, some kind of a uniform. And so does your education matter? And then does that help you with getting hired? 
You know, so depending on, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, my sons also went to a, a, a Catholic school, a Catholic high school, where they had expectations. But there was some looseness around the expectations. Mm-hmm. But in general, there were expectations about how you show up. And they positioned it. It's all about respecting yourself first and then respecting the people around you. And from a parent standpoint, I love that. It yeah. just made, I have boys, and I can only imagine what it would be like Me to have too. girls <laughs> with, some of the, with some of the things that girls wear today. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm glad I didn't have to have those fights. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it starts at home and, you know, it's, it's, there, there's room for, there's room for movement compared to what it used to be. I mean, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when we used to be really pretty much be told to dress and act like men and we had suits and they were, had skirts, but they had floppy bow ties and pantyhose. And <laughs> so, no, big hard no, hard pass on that forever. But I, I do think there's something about how we show up. It tells people how we see ourselves. So what if you were in a doctor's office and he walked in, he had his white coat on, had his lunch filled down the front? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I start Right? I mean, start thinking about how you show up because you really aren't only representing yourself, but you're also representing your organization. And therefore, they have the right to have some sort of boundaries about how you act, about how you treat each other. And that's why they're bringing in these outside organizations to bring in another perspective because HR saying it starts sounding like your mom after a while. (laughs) You bring somebody else in from the outside. Yeah, it's it's really it brings a different level of a different level of weight to it. Um, so I yeah, I, I'm not surprised, and I think it's gonna I think it's gonna continue. I and I hope it's well received. I guess it would depend. But these etiquette companies, what a great idea for a company, right? To to create yeah, a company where yeah. people. So do people come in person, or is it one of those videos you have? I hate the low energy videos that oh, we have I to know, watch. I know. You know, uh, generally they're trying to do it in person because etiquette, communication, kind of basic workplace behavior is things that almost have to be shown and acted out and role modeled and role played. And you're just going to get better engagement in person. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we all need a reminder. Yeah. And I think that that it's we got even older generations got rusty. I mean, I remember the beginning of Zoom, I'd be like, I'd put on a blouse that complimented my eyes. I'd put on <laughs> lipstick, you know, and you just go through all that. And, yeah. you know, now people, but we all remember, too, the horror stories of Zoom who people didn't know how to use it. And so all kinds of uh, Zooming while peeing, you know, and those sort of things yeah. went on. Or Jeffrey and, Tubin. That's probably the worst example. Oh, my gosh. Of course, he's made a comeback. So <laughs> he's back. So, yeah, at least, right, at least our, our embarrassments are not on a public stage. Yeah. But you do, you are responsible for you. And one of my favorite phrases is, you know, they call it your career for a reason. You have to look at what are the behavior, skills, traits, you know, education, what's necessary for you to reach your career goals. And you're responsible for making yourself into that person. Yeah, it's so true. I think one of the, you know, great examples, recently I saw one of our Phillies, uh, Nick Castellanos, had during an interview, just said, somebody asked him who was his superhero, and he said, Scooby-Doo. So now the um, SPA, <laughs> like SPCA, all these you know, people who love animals and adopting animals and all of that, companies are having some fun with that, saying, let's have a Scooby-Doo yeah. day. Let's you know, encourage people to adopt pets. And I think that kind of thing does engage 
employees and is and is a lot of fun and then you feel good about it too. Yeah, you're right. Baseball is a great example where they, um, I live in Cincinnati, and so Castellanos used to be here, but when Taylor <laughs> Swift was in town, Joey Votto was like, he tweeted, what what Taylor Swift song should I use for my play, my walk-up song? Oh. Uh, so, you know, so what is it? You know, we all, we joke about, you know, your brand, you know, companies have brands, but I'm just also a huge believer that we we all have brands. We, there are pe- things people say about us that whether we're in the room or not, and we have some control over that, we, there's peace we don't have control of. But what I tell our clients is, from a career coaching standpoint, is what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known as? What do you want people to say about you when you're not in the room? And then behave that way. Yeah, that's so true. Like, it's not like a mom slash grandma slash boomer, <laughs> but I know what it takes to have the career you want. Yes. And these, this is just like it or not. Uh, these are these are just some of the things that some of the things that are part and parcel of it. If you want to sit, lay in bed all day and develop an app and just do that kind of work where you don't have to talk to anybody, mm-hmm. then have at it. You know, I mean, that's we all get to make that decision. You know, Julie, the one thing I will say is that it used to be up until COVID that if you came into work sick, you were oh, you were toughing it out. You were a true. <laughs> And the one thing I will say, we learned from that, that especially, you know, especially a flu bug or that sort of thing, it made everybody think about, hey, somebody, somebody might have some, you know, asthma or health issues, or maybe a coworker is pregnant or their spouse is pregnant, that sort of thing. It made people think about calling in or calling in sick rather than coming in sick. And I will say, I think that's, that's a good thing because they can still Zoom if they're well enough. They could still right. zoom it in right. on a sick day right. and not right. make the whole office sick. But but you also, I think there's, I think what Zoom has done is that it gave us options somewhere between I'm going to stay home all day and I'm going to come in and make everybody sick. So if I am just, if I am so sick, I can't get out of bed, you need to have the kind of workplace and then you as an individual yeah. need to have, you need to be able to say, I am really sick. Do not call me today. I am. I can't even lift my head, and and understand that you are. You can set that boundary. But yes. if you're just starting to feel like you're coming down with something, and you're like, man, you know, I can be about half effective today. That's great too. Yeah. And so that you've got to build a workplace where you are hiring adults, and you are treating them as adults. And when people don't comply and behave as adults, then you address those as a one-off versus saying, well, I guess none of us are mature enough to handle casual days because Fred wore his pajama pants. No. <laughs> I mean, set the boundaries, communicate the boundaries. I look forward to a day when we all, when our performance is judged based on results and outcome and meeting expectations versus what seat our butt is sitting in. And <laughs> You know, that's where we're moving there. We're being forced to move there by COVID and the younger generation. Yeah. But many of us truly are still kicking and screaming. <laughs> well, this is a lot of fun. I, w- I would love to know what what's the biggest complaint that you, as you look into this from, from companies, is it the footwear, the pants, the not showering, coming in hungover? You know, it's... Um, 
Right now, it's boundaries. It's oh. the, the what I'm hearing from organizations I'm talking to is that Gen Z doesn't know what's appropriate to talk about and not talk about in the workplace. They're actually coming in and talk about their sex lives in some cases. Oh. Um, yeah, in front of everybody. So <laughs> they just they don't you know it's it's just a boundary issue, and they're still figuring it out. So let's remember they're still really young, um, but it it's really boundaries and operating effectively across generations because that is part of boundaries or you could just say well just wait you get married and then you won't be talking about that anymore you won't be <laughs> <laughs> that's right just that's kidding for another <laughs> <laughs> we got to chuckle out of my 27 year old executive producer anthony he's not married yet um, yeah 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 maybe after, maybe after what you just said he won't be <laughs> <laughs> just kidding anthony i love my husband i'm just kidding but no, it's it's fun, Julia. I hope you come back, and I love you know your work. Anytime, your, your latest piece on Market Watch, and and we have fun with it. But it's it's serious as as I'm talking about locally employers setting forth a deadline, you know, saying okay, as of September first, everybody's going to come back, right? Hoorah! And and this is a, uh-huh. a huge issue that's going on yeah. in real time. I'd love to do a whole segment on that about <laughs> you know how to navigate that. So oh. I'm happy to come back and do that. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure uh, Comcast could use your help because I think they're still struggling <laughs> with this. To be really yeah, honest, yeah. All right. well, Julie Bauke, you're Take the care. best. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.